everybody, welcome back to Moving Beyond Trauma. This is a really fun little project that I put together for summer of 2023. And it's a mini series. It's based on your questions and feedback and tiny topics that come up from my listeners and from my clients all the time. So I'm gonna be covering five things. Um, not necessarily in this order, I haven't decided the order yet. It's gonna be um, one on chill which is about the polyvagal theory. Can you be switched on and off at the same time? Which was uh, several people asked that kind of question. And really the answer is chill. <laughs> um, and this, the and mini episode is on that. There's one on fun, because that comes up a lot. Why would we not have fun? One on love, um, because with that, like without getting on a soapbox or anything about love, what have we got? Um, and then there's one on sleep, which is a major issue, major issue that affects so many people that I work with. Even though I'm no medical expert on sleep, I have put a lot of time and effort into learning as much as I possibly can and working with my people on how to help them get better sleep. And one on trust, which is often broken, whether or not you think that you've had a trauma or just a really rough time in life trust is often an issue and often comes up for me and for my clients and it shows up again and again in my work so I invite you to have a lot of fun um, pop in and out of the the mini series and uh, please keep sending in the questions and I'll keep answering them Hey, welcome back to Moving Beyond Trauma and this mini series episode is on trust this is a question, an issue, a topic that comes up a lot of times. And often I have people who ask it very quietly, um, very privately. Um, trust is a super hot topic uh, because, of course, we're told to build high trust environments, to be to be high trust leaders. Um, to be trustworthy employees and family members. Um, trust is a big big deal in our world. Um, and yet it doesn't come easy. It isn't easy. And uh, when you lose trust or when trust is broken, it can be really catastrophic. It can shatter your assumptions about your safety and worldview. It can be traumatic. So I'm going to work through a couple of, just a couple of ways to help you think about this. Um, and just to offer you some inspiration and ideas. And I would absolutely love to hear your thoughts on it. Um, and I think there's a lot more that I could do around trust. Um, so I get the question, when you have trust or loss of trust in yourself or in your body, now this happens a lot with my um, people who've experienced injuries or illnesses, um, heart attacks, uh, on my amputees. Um, there's a whole level of trust inside yourself uh, that is super tricky to deal with. However, it's it really responds, in my experience, it responds really well to coaching. You simply work with the, the negative limiting beliefs, um, the reinforcing factors, you know, like um, Fear often reinforces fear, keeps you small, keeps you safe. And when someone realizes this pattern, then they can they can work with it and move on. It's not really what I'm going to focus on today. That's not where I find these um, the real deep stuff around trust comes up when you have been let down 
by others. And that is hurtful. It's deep. Um, and the theory that I come back to, which I mentioned briefly earlier, is Shattered Assumptions Theory by John Off Bullman, where that is, I think, the core uh, theory that certainly underpins my work around trauma, which is we make assumptions about our world, our cognitive constructs, um, the way that we see the world, the way that we believe and know and understand it to work. It's built absolutely individually by every individual in the culture, society and place that they live. Um, so it's not actually a thing that exists out there in the real world. It exists inside our head. Um, and so trust with others um, is a massive part of when our assumptions of safety and security and how the world works um, are shattered. Um, and this can happen during trauma. It can happen um, something that you might not actually think was traumatizing. And this is where if you've been following my stuff for a while, you'll, you'll know that trauma isn't usually what you think it is. And I actually would go so far as to say it comes back to this moment when our assumptions of safety and security are shattered, literally. The world around you suddenly doesn't make sense anymore. You do not have a code. You do not understand how to move forward from it. You literally feel unsafe and yet it might just be from something that someone has said. So it's not um, that the brakes failed and the lorry going down the hill, or it's not that um, you weren't provided a piece of protective equipment. Like those are all issues, but that's outside of yourself um, for organizations or some, um, you know, trust in authorities, something like that. We're talking here about interpersonal trust. This is where you've been let down by another person who's got really close to you. And often, even though I coach people, generally they come to me about achieving results in their work and their personal, professional life, all that kind of stuff. Um, the place where we've often been hurt the most is in our private, personal, romantic relationships. Um, so there's some things to move on to with trust. One is um, it's really tricky because when it's over there with another person, we simply can't control other people. And you're going to be like rolling your eyes going, Kate, really, this is too obvious. So yeah, bear with me. I'm going to say a couple of obvious things before we get, get them out of the way. We cannot control other people. And it's a really annoying aspect of being a human being, but we can't. So humans are fallible. Not perfect. Fallible. Make mistakes. Do stupid things. Grow. Develop. Move on as we go through our lifetimes. But if you are with someone during a phase when they're learning how to be trustworthy, whatever their, less, their life lesson is, and you are hurt by them, you have just simply, my friend, engaged with a fallible human being. Um, now, here's another one. Trust can be broken by mistake or intentionally. And this is where humans, um, people I work with tend to go. So you go somewhere with this. You don't go, oh, fallible human. That's all right then. Let's move on. Or very rarely. What tends to actually happen is you begin to work out how the person should have known what they were doing would break trust and how, therefore, somehow this was an intentional act by them to cause harm or an act of omission or an act of negligence that would cause harm. And this is massive. And this is something where you're in an abusive relationship or if there's something super toxic going on in a work environment, you really, yeah, your your senses need to be alert and you need to be listening to your protectors. 
Um, so this is where trust really it fi it it finds out like it um, it becomes really nuanced. It becomes really quite complicated. Um, so what are the drivers behind that? Well, it's the existential paradox, which I talk about with Yannick in the session with Yannick. In the in, I keep calling them sessions in the episode with Yannick. So we all humans have a fundamental drive to be individual. And that is to rely on yourself, to know your own strengths, to make your progress in life. It's usually structured by the ego, um, which is often uh, um, given a bad rap. But actually, the ego um, really understands the world that we live and move in and helps us operate um, effectively, whatever whatever way that is. But it helps us operate effectively in that. But we also want to be accepted in group and whatever group is. It will involve other people, whether that's a one-to-one -one romantic relationship, it's a workplace, it's a community, it's a family, yada, yada. You get the, you get the feeling, you know what I'm saying here. Um, and this requires us to be vulnerable. And we'll talk a bit more in a sec about Brené Brown and the definition of vulnerable. But vulnerable really is courageous. It's not weak. It actually, to be truly vulnerable is to be extremely courageous and to step forward perhaps knowing that you cannot control the outcome, that you cannot stop yourself being hurt, that you cannot intervene with the other person. Um, so it's a really interesting one. Um, however, we then get stuck. So we get stuck in this existential paradox because you want to be yourself an individual, rely on yourself, but also you want to be with the other person. You want to be trusted. You want to be accepted and part of the group. And also a lot of the stuff that we do in our life is like, where's the joy and fun in it if we're not with other people? So this really, like our desire to be in a group is very strong. If you just do your life's work sitting on a hillside um, on your own, like good for you, <laughs> you know, yeah, nobody will hurt you, but that's quite tricky. Most humans, uh, in my experience, that there's an inner drive that pushes you to be with someone, to be in a relationship, to be loved, to be known, to be understood, however fallible and, you know, whatever, whatever you love, the good and the bad about that person. So um, when we reach a kind of this stuck point in between, I want to be loved and vulnerable and, and oh, I, and, and I, no, I'm better off on my own, right? Because I can't, I can't move past this breach of trust that has happened. And when we reach any kind of stuckness like that, an impasse, a rock and a hard place in our life, it can be really helpful to then look underneath it to see what is the value or the unwritten rule. So here's a cool little exercise. So there's there's two sides of the coin. So first of all, you think to yourself, let's say you go, um, what do you believe about reliable and trustworthy people? So you have to grab your notebook or have a think. Um, this is what do you think about reliable and trustworthy people um and you may like really have to fill in the blanks yourself um is it that they never let someone down is it that they do their utmost not to let people down you know there'll be all sorts of stuff that you'll fill in the blanks there so reliable trustworthy people what and then the second part of the exercise is to flesh this out some more. So again, this is we're still hunting now for the limiting beliefs. So watch out if you, you, you to do this exercise, you really need to be in observer mode of yourself um, rather than jumping 
like r- jumping onto the tailgate of the thought as it flies through your head and riding with it. Okay, don't do that. You need to stay on the on the side and you need to watch the thoughts as they go through your head and observe them and note them down for this. So you can finish these sentences. People who let others down are what? If I let someone down, I am. If someone lets me down, they are. And if someone lets me down, I am. And so this is where we're, so you might wanna, might wanna replay that, might wanna do it again. So people who let others down are X, Y, Z. Um, careless, uncaring, unthoughtful. If I let someone down, I am a bad person, um, a fool, um, I don't like myself. It shouldn't be like that. If someone lets me down, they are not to be trusted, um, a bit flighty, uh, someone to be careful of. Like, keep going, keep going. So, this is, I'm just giving you some examples. Keep going. If someone lets me down, I am. So, here's the other side of the coin. And this is where you're going to be really doing some of the deeper work now. If I've been let down, it means something about me. And whatever it is, you finish the end of that sentence. So give yourself a moment to do that. If someone lets me down, I am. And usually the answers are around, I'm not worth it. I'm gullible. I'm weak. I should have seen it coming. I'm a fool. Um, I'm a loser. Okay, you get the idea, on you go. And what we're really looking at here are the deeper thoughts uh, and emotions. It is, it is, it does come from the ego um, because again, ego is often our friend. It understands the structures and the way that the world works. And so if we have somehow misunderstood and misconstrued and made a mistake in that understanding of how the world works, we feel guilt about our actions and we feel shame if our, something is being done to us. So we can feel very deep shame so you might feel guilty that you, or you might be naturally a guilty person and you think, oh, I should have done more of this, that and the other, you know, oh, that was my fault or I made the situation, you know, whatever. So you can go that way with it. And you can also just go into deep shame. And by the way, you, you can do both. <laughs> um, so you go into shame, um, which is the chorus in, in my work and my understanding of all of this is the correlation so when you've had your assumption shattered about the world, one of the deep injuries that happens inside of you occurs around shame. That's how we feel about the deep injury that has happened to us, shame. And that comes, I think, my view, my understanding from this is um, that comes from the connection um, to the existential paradox because it really is that deep. It really matters to, to be accepted in group, to be understood, welcomed and loved, to be vulnerable, to be safe in group really is a survival instinct. And so if you somehow have made that not possible um, through, you know, you, you feel like that's been made not possible, um, then you can really enter into a world of shame. And shame is a 
blinking horrible uncomfortable emotion feeling sensation it goes through body mind spirit um it's a mental burden we feel shame um and it's it's so horrible that we often have enter into immediate distraction so this is where you go you call, talk about shame and blame so people will then immediately move into blame so it's easier for us to blame the other person than to handle how we feel the shame. Now, please understand me, that's not the same as this is your fault or that you should be responsible for the thing that happened. No, but noticing that you're feeling shame, observing it, don't jump on the tail wagon of that thought, but watch it ride through your mind and think, ah, how, how am I feeling so ashamed? about having been taken advantage of or yada, yada, whatever the breach of trust is. So I invite you to take some time with yourself because those, those are the two sides of the coin. One is your beliefs about how other people should behave, act um, and perform um, when they're being trustworthy. And the other side is when you've been let down, what does that mean about you? Um, and I guarantee you, the first one is primary pain. That's where the person does a stupid or whatever, cruel thing, whatever, however bad it is, they've done the thing and that causes you pain. But the shame that you feel inside as a result is your secondary pain. And you've heard me talk about primary and secondary pain um, before, you know, when you first stub your toe, um, that's the pain. When you go, I'm such a dick, I'm this, I'm that, that's your secondary pain. And the secondary pain is often a lot more emotionally painful and a lot more mentally painful. Um, so this happens again. So with the, the trust, primary pain to have been let down by the other person and secondary pain is the shame and guilt that you feel underneath that might be so uncomfortable, you already shouting at the your, your podcast headphones right now going, no, Kate, but it's not. So I just invite you to breathe and pause and just open your mind to consider that this somewhere inside you've made it mean something about you. Uh, it's broken some rule that you feel should not be broken around you and you feel shame around that and you probably would rather do any kind of displacement activity than face into that so just breathe and this is where your self-compassion steps in this is where self-care this is you listening to those thoughts that are happening those feelings emotions and sensations inside of you and sitting along observing them alongside them not going with them and not believing them just taking time with it. And this is where I spend a lot of time with my clients, enabling them, supporting them to hold that space for themselves because you are not at fault and you are not to blame and you are not weak, bad, damaged, whatever you might, your ego is trying to go for. Um, there is another solution. So to finish with trust around this, you see, If you hold the view, so one of the things you might discover as often, the most common one that I discover when I do this work with someone is that they have some kind of perfectionist um, thought pattern, some perfectionist beliefs that they hold. Um, and that people will often, but you don't, you probably won't describe it to yourself like that. You'll go, no, I just have really high standards and I hold myself to higher standard than other people. And, you know, so it's all about this kind of high standards. Um, and the book, the, 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 there's two people that I share with you now for this. One is Brené Brown and one is Elizabeth Gilbert, who in fact both talk about each other in their books, which is kind of cool. Okay, so the first one is Brené Brown. Now, she's a real go-to. She is a researcher on shame. 
So if you pick up pretty much anything she's written um, or podcasted or YouTubed or whatever, you will find tons of gold. And I just invite you to go and explore whatever feels right to you. Um, she really sits with this place that you can only build out the things that are in your control. Um, what you are in control of includes how much guilt and shame you, um, you, you really let yourself beat yourself up about and how much you forgive yourself inside and move on and build out your self-compassion. So she's super powerful on that. And like I say, highly recommended. You see, being let down, she says, is what happens because we live in a non-perfect world. Humans are fallible. The world is not perfect. It's just that it it doesn't exist that way. So when we have, if we are, our assumptions of safety and security are shattered and somewhere in there is a perfectionist belief, it's always going to happen. So there is a place for you to do that inner work around the perfectionism that allows you to create a more supportive and helpful way to think, um, mindset, whatever way you want to call it, to create around that. So Brené Brown, super good on that one. Elizabeth Gilbert is so, um, writes in, in a different way. So she talks about her perfectionism. Um, is the thief of creativity and joy. Now, what's what's really fun about, um, to me, about how Elizabeth Gilbert thinks about the world is that she is simply considering the kind of metaphoric picture of what we're here on earth to do. Why are we here? What drives us, inspires us, and helps us to be creative beings? So, um, you may have heard of her as the lady who wrote Eat, Love, Pray. Um, her, I, the book of hers that I love the most is called Big Magic, Creative Living Without Fear. And this is where she really gets into these topics. So she talks about creativity, but creativity, Brené Brown talks about creativity because in a perfectionism world, the first thing that gets killed off, stone dead, is creativity. The first time the art teacher holds your work up in the front of the class and you're aged eight and says something about what you're, you're drawing, that's the last time you'll draw. When was the last time you created anything? When was the last time you just made something because you loved doing that? Not because it was good or because it would bring you money or because it would earn you praise or fame or anything else like that, but you write because you love to write, you draw because you love to draw, you bake because you love to bake. The end, like the, the purpose, the joy is in the activity of itself. Um, perfectionism requires it to be of a certain standard and therefore it kills off your creativity. So it's a slave driver of energy that can never be satisfied. Um, and so the throw down, my throw down question to you as you work through these, and this is a big, big topic for a mini episode, is what wolf are you going to feed? Are you going to deal with, like, live out your perfectionism rules for yourself and other people? Or are you going to soften and open up to creativity, which means messy, um, imperfect? Um, and I don't think there's a straightforward one, one in one answer. In fact, I think this is often our life's work, which is super, to me, very reassuring, like plenty of time to try it again. That's the joy of creativity. Just do it again. And I'm going to read you and finish with, I'm going to read you this, um, quote from the, that book, Elizabeth Gilbert, Creative Living, um, Big Magic. Um, so she says, creativity is sacred and it is not sacred. This is all about holding, sorry, I'm just going to give you a bit more background. It's all about, um, the paradox. 
you're going to try really hard at life. You're going to invest your best self in people. They're going to let you down. It's not going to work out. You're going to do your best work and it's never going to be read. You're going to like this. This is when you let perfectionism run the show, then you stop. If you let creativity run the show, you keep going. You keep loving. You keep trusting. You keep getting up. You keep doing it again because you believe and you love the things that you do. So. This is the paradox. She says, creativity is sacred and it is not sacred. What we make matters enormously and it doesn't matter at all. We toil alone and we are accompanied by spirits. We are terrified and we are brave. Art is a crushing chore and a wonderful privilege. Only when we are at our most playful can divinity finally get serious with us. Make space for all those paradoxes to be equally true inside your soul. And I promise you can make anything. So please calm down now and get back to work, okay? The treasures that are hidden inside you are hoping you will say yes. That, I have, I have that on my phone. I re read and read and read and read. Trust is not something you are ever going to get perfectly right. And it's not something that all the people around you are ever going to get perfectly right. It's an act of creativity. It's an act of humanity. It's an act of trust that you move forward with trust. And when you are let down, you pick yourself up, you learn and you trust again in the same way as we learn how to manage our creativity. We learn to play. We bring back the lightness of life. Because in those spaces is the joy of life. And I wish you lots and lots of luck with this. And please message me because I really think we could do, I could do a lot more on trust. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Moving Beyond Trauma. If you found it valuable, please forward it to others and be sure to subscribe to get the new episodes when they release. You can find me on LinkedIn, Kate Brassington, and Twitter, Kate Brassington 3 and you'll find links and references to what we've covered in the show notes.